Hey, podcast, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shop Talk. This was a great conversation where we were at the Mentors and Masters course in Elcott City, Maryland, put on by Gino Stampora and Nikki Lee. And uh, we got to catch up with the guys from Beauty Business Reset. Now, if you haven't heard of the Beauty Business Reset, it was started during the COVID shutdowns as kind of like this idea that these two guys, Derek Hall and James Alba, would run education for 30 days. I won't tell the whole story because you'll get some of it in the podcast. But um, since then, they've launched a salon marketing software that we think is very interesting called Salon Ninja. And so you're going to want to check that out. So definitely hook up with these guys. I'll leave the link to the Facebook page in the show notes. Um and maybe look into this marketing software that they've developed. They're getting a lot of great um, results with it and helping salons grow and helping front desks run more efficiently. So I think you'll find it very interesting. Anyway, they'll talk all about it in the episode. However, I just want you to know the link is in the show notes. As always, thanks again for listening and uh, enjoy the episode. started with our podcast today. Yeah. Talk a little bit real quick about where we're at. We are at Mentors and Masters uh, Maryland. Yeah, Elcott Elk City, Maryland. Elk yeah. Elk yeah. Yeah. We were here before too. Yeah, we were a couple years ago before yeah. the COVID thing happened. Yeah. And we're back again. Nikki D and Gino Stempora were so awesome in inviting us to podcast live at this event. So that's super great. Fantastic. And we've got a couple of great guys that we're gonna sit and chat with now. And we're talking to the gentleman from BBR. Um, beauty business reset which um you guys kind of started with the whole covid piece that kind of was the impetus for the start of of your online community um derek we've met you previously but yes, real quick yes. introduce yourself again sure. to the, so our listeners. Derek Hall, i, I kind of came up with the idea of uh, beauty business reset called my best friend james here and said hey let's do this crazy idea and i called him on a friday and on they said well, it's going to take a month to put together and on monday night we went live and went live for an hour on 106 live episodes so you know that that's kind of a nutty way we fly we just you know giving back as much as we can and uh really putting our best into it and james uh tell everybody who you are and how you got here I'm james alba my wife and i own a salon in northern new jersey called the beehive um, Derek and I both New Jerseyans, and um, as he mentioned, we started the Beauty Business Reset right at the beginning of the COVID closure. I think, um, it, listen, like everybody else, we closed March 16th here in New Jersey. We were like, oh, it's going to be two weeks, no big deal. And it was the end of March, and he goes, hey, let's do this crazy thing. <laughs> right. And let's do 30 straight days yeah. of calls with, you know, everybody from Gino to Beth Minardi to Nikki Lee to, I mean, just fantastic people. And uh, I never thought we'd be able to, to do it and to sustain it now, you know, almost once a week. I think when we hit crossed over the year mark in August, which is summertime here, Jersey Shore wise, we finally said, hey, listen, we need to kind of go back to the content well and say, you know, what because we've changed. Right. Salons yeah. have changed. Our membership has changed and the people that that come on and, and listen to the show. So we're, we're always modifying and doing some cool. James, let's talk a little bit about you and your introduction to the industry because you're not a traditional hairdresser, correct? I am not. Um, you know, my wife's been in the business. I, I'm only allowed to say for over 20 years. 
That's the, <laughs> that's the limit. Anything over 20 Anything years. Over yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're, uh, this, we're going into our 10th year of owning a salon. We specialize in the natural side of things. So we're a sustainable salon. I think we're the only salon in the world that's four-time green certified. So we've been certified from the University of Parma. We're platinum with the Green Business Bureau. We're gold with Green America. Uh, we just won a Sustainable Innovator Award for the state of New Jersey. Wow. Which for anybody that's in the Garden State, as New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey is known for many things besides being a Garden State. Yeah, but there are plenty of gardens in New Jersey, there for are. sure. Plenty uh, of land. But environmentalism has always been a big thing in Jersey. So to win an award because of what we do different for the industry is pretty cool. But customer service background, serial entrepreneur. My wife says, hey, let's open a hair salon. I'm like, great, let's do it. How hard can it be? Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> Um, I want to ask a couple more questions about this whole sustainable salon thing, if that's cool, John, just because why did that happen? And like, I mean, obviously everybody knows that we want to be more sustainable. Everybody knows that, but not everybody takes action on it. In fact, in our industry, we're still not really that good at it. Um, but you're like four times certified. I mean, how did that happen? Well, it's funny, you know, having a household that we have three small kids or, you know, they're actually getting bigger every second. Like, I can't believe you turn around and I have somebody in high school now. But at the time, we had three small kids and we were a very green household and we were, you know, leaning towards more organic food and things and our, you know, health and wellness and lifestyle side of things at home. So, you know, what's unique about the hair industry is you can't not bring things that you're passionate about at home into the business, right? You guys are all passionate about the hair you do, but you're also passionate about your lifestyle and what you do. So it sort of just seeped in. And, and when we were gonna open, you know, um, like everyone else, my wife graduated beauty school, which like I said, I'm only allowed to say 20 years or so ago, and had a list of salon names if she ever opened a salon. So you're, you name it, traditional name salons, they were all on there and she had one called The Beehive. and. She was a fan of the 60s with the retro hairstyle. And I said, hey, you know, that's actually kind of catchy because you bring the green aspect with how important bees are to the planet. And mm -hmm. 10 years ago, that's how we were born. So um, what's the luxury for me is because I don't do hair. So I always, I'm always so enamored, especially coming to something like Mentors and Masters where we are, where you have these owners that care so much about the business side of what they do. And on my end, I don't have to do hair. So you guys that have to go out, do hair, do your payroll, do your marketing, stock and order your products, I don't know how you do it because, um, you know, our joke all day long is for you guys that don't know Iva, <laughs> Iva that works with Nikki, right. Iva is the one that does, she does a lot in the background. I'm sort of, my wife Angela's Iva, I guess you'd say. Uh, you know, one of the things we had talked about, you know, kind of switching switching gears a little bit, is we talked a little bit about the PPP money, and we, you know, before we started this uh, podcast, talked about you know COVID and all that whole process of people applying for loans and you know having the money to keep their staff and their businesses growing. And now we're kind of on the other side of that. And you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting because to tell you the truth, I, I didn't give it any thought to you just mentioned it, which was great. You know, not only are we come out on the other side of that, but you were saying, mm -hmm. I hope that what one of the things that's happened is that business owners mm -hmm. are more in tune financially with their businesses now. Because if you went through that process of applying for the loan, getting the money, you probably had to do some homework. You probably had to dig a little bit into your QuickBooks, maybe turn the thing on if you hadn't up until then, <laughs> right? Um, but I thought that was a real interesting perspective. You know, are we at a place now where? 
a lot of salon owners and business owners in general are maybe a little bit more in tuned to what's going on financially and, you know, how to grow their companies and how to move forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, Derek and I talk about this a lot. It's something that it's the balance of running a business. There has to be listen, the cohesiveness of staff training, the cohesiveness of booking your clientele and your software that you use and all the things that go in with. I mean, a salon is a salon because of what you do from a service perspective, but it's a business. And I think during this COVID beginning to this recovery period, a lot of better owners that survived looked and said, wow, I really am a business. I just happen to cut hair or color hair that they realized that it was a living, breathing business. And listen, I've met great hairdressers and been to great salons all over the world at this point in my 10 year tenure. Um, it's fun. You guys have a fun industry, man. Really jealous of the fact that cool people doing cool stuff. But now that the fun and game sort of took a thing a hiatus to a degree, and people are like, oh, wow, maybe I should open my QuickBooks. I don't even remember the password to my QuickBooks. I better figure out what the <laughs> right. password is and yeah. go into it. And, yeah. and that's what Derek and I spoke a lot about that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Derek, you know, you see the same thing. What What do you see on um, your platforms? What are the feedback yeah, you're getting yeah. from so, customers? So exactly what James said, right? Back to the basics. You know, um, a lot of salon or uh, owners or potential owners, they look at what maybe a previous owner had did, right? And it's the hamster wheel. I'm going to pay 50%. I'm going to wonder if I have enough pay uh, money for payroll on Friday. And then that's why you get salon hoppers also because they, they, they go from one salon to the next, right? Because they don't, they don't have a stable career because they, their owner's worrying about paying the payroll on Friday. And that's just not how you run a business. So through the BBR, we've, you know, I mean, the whole purpose of BBR is beauty business reset, right? So either you're resetting prior to COVID, during COVID, or you do it now, it doesn't matter, but you got to get your brain in the equation, right? Um, and you've got to start knowing your numbers, you know, all the things that we as coaches teach all the time, know your numbers, you, you know, and sadly, as an industry, um, a lot of the we'll call it the past educators, not the ones we're here with today for sure, but we're just in it to make a buck, right? And they didn't teach a salon owner, even the product houses, they didn't teach a salon owner that this is where the averages or the percentages should be so you can be profitable, right? Like like your rent should be under 10% of what you bring in. Your back bar should be 7% or under if you can hit it, right? And, you know, they, they talk about what you should be able to sell, like, oh, your retail sales should be 35%. Great, that's great. But the problem is, is the expenditure side, right? So knowing your numbers on that side is super duper important. And with that, you got to bring money through the door. So the two hot topics these days are marketing. How do I bring people through the door? Because there's plenty of clients to go around now. There's mm -hmm. a lot of salons mm -hmm. closed. And, you know, most people don't know this, but there's only a thousand customers available per salon. So you're either crushing the competitors or you're being crushed. It's that simple. So, so marketing super duper important, and the other part is hiring. But you, they're, they go exactly hand in hand, because you can't bring somebody on board without being bringing on butts in the chairs, right? So, those are the two key things right now these days. Of course, going back to basics, what we spoke about earlier, leadership, knowing your numbers, all those things that run a salon properly. And you guys know you manage a whole group of salons, so um, those are all going to be key always. But the hot topics right now are hiring. And how do I bring on more customers to pay the payroll of those people people that I hire? I love that you bring up marketing right away. I also am really happy that you just said something that we've been seeing and talked about. We just ran into Jason Everett and his 
um, uh, crony Doug at, uh, at Data Driven last week, and we were talking about it. And, you know, from stage, it's really pretty to stand up and say, you know, we, we need to get more clients, and we don't have enough this, and we don't have enough that. But the reality is a lot of what we've helped people manage these past few months has been their growth. We're helping people manage the fact that some salons did get wiped out, decided to close. Maybe they decided, I don't want to be an owner anyway. I didn't want to do this anyway. I want to go work it, you know, for somebody like Brian Purdue or you guys, you know, where I have a safe paycheck and I have a 401k. I have all this stuff. Um, and the people that are in the game now, I think, have the opportunity to get more sophisticated with their marketing and crush it, like kill it. And so I want to know, because I also think that salon owners don't actually really know what marketing is. You could go to a thousand Instagram classes and learn how to take a picture of a pretty balayage. And there's a lot of beautiful work being posted, but that's not marketing. It's a part of it. It's a piece of it, but there's more to it than that. So in your words, what is marketing? So we've been, so it was a learning process for Myself, my wife, our salons, James, his wife, their salon. Um, And what we found was there were a lot of pieces missing. And to give a selfish plug, James and I now have Salon Ninja, right? And Salon Ninja is a marketing platform that automates it all. And, I mean, we just got accepted as uh, Google Beta Partners for doing direct messaging back and forth from Google, um, which the newer generation, it's live right into our platform. Um, So... You know, we had one salon, the Beaumont, great bunch of folks out in Ohio. They were uh, our first client right after COVID because um, we just we came out with the platform during COVID, but we didn't start selling till right after COVID until um, people started coming back to work. And they've already made $250,000 on our platform, bringing in new clients, right? Wow. So our platform automates everything, yeah. literally. it. I mean, if there's a feature you can think of, I can pretty much bet it's in there for marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, marketing, you know, the the old type of marketing, which was handing out your business cards. I mean, you know, when we had our first salon, it would be go go find the greatest bartender on, on earth, yeah. give, out, give, yeah. out, give yeah. out free blow-dry cards, yeah. right? Yeah. Make yourself known, things like that, right? It's, it's getting out of your shell just like they're teaching today yeah. at Mentors and Masters. It's, you know, if you're camera shy or you're an introvert, then guess what? You better train yourself not to be if you want to be a stylist. Now, for salons, though, the digital age is upon us, and the salon industry has always been five to ten years behind on marketing mm-hmm. compared to restaurants and other types of businesses. So we brought everything, like, I mean, right on the cutting edge with our new platform. And uh, it's literally given people a $2,000 a month marketing platform for 100 bucks a month. So what are some of the highlight features that, like, you've put in their hands that they're able to use and get the responses from? For us, one of the big things was communicate. So QR codes we were talking about all together earlier today. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was I loved QR codes. I thought they were great. Yeah. And nobody even knew what the heck they were. Right. Now, because of COVID, every restaurant has them. People... You know, it doesn't matter the age of your clientele. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the younger crew, it wasn't cool enough for QR codes. Right. The older people were like, I don't even know what the heck I'm looking at. Right. Now you've leveled the playing field. So to take something as simple as that and say, wow, that's, it wasn't new tech. The tech's been there forever. It's just right. nobody could figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing was happening with things like messaging and messaging platforms, like you said earlier, Instagram is great. You put a great balayage up. Well, now somebody sees it and sends you a message through Insta. 
now somebody goes to your Google page and sends a message there, goes to your Facebook business page. So imagine being the front desk, which front desk is just as limited in terms of the hiring issue as the floor staff, right? You need bodies that can actually perform services, but to find some good people at the front desk is just as hard. Yeah. Especially, I mean, now maybe traditionally they weren't paid. It's very true. Yeah. And it's still sticking around today, but now it's not only, uh, even if you were going to pay them, you got to find them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have something like Salon Ninja that takes all of those messages and brings them into one dashboard. So Derek will talk about some of the fun marketing stuff that it does. But for me on the front end, I don't have to fish for messages and miss a call and miss somebody's love the Instagram, uh, love the balayage. How do I book an appointment? And then you seem like, oh, they don't want to take my appointment because right. the last thing you need right now is Yelp. The places we all hate as salon owners, right. you don't need bad reviews anywhere when you're trying to get through this COVID recovery. So just the messaging alone, plus secretly, I can email clients through it, okay, which is great. Text yeah. them, which is great. All in the same function under their same name, by the way. So I was a Constant Contact fan, which I still use Constant yeah, Contact so, on occasion. James, if I may, all, all of our, in our system, every message that comes through, comes through on your main dash, but it also goes directly into that client profile and it's stored forever. So you have your conversation from day one back with them, even phone calls. It records the phone calls. Oh, wow. So um, yeah. James is the biggest it's really, fan of, really good. which is my favorite feature, <laughs> is ringless voicemail. So you can drop a ringless voicemail on all your clients at once. Wow. So for well, because I don't know, what's a ringless voicemail? So a ringless voicemail... <laughs> Well, so our system has a way of, I don't want to say cheating the cell phone systems, but it is in a way. We'll ping their cell phone a half a ring and then hang up on it and quickly send an, another backup while, while the phone systems are trying to keep up with it, and it'll go right to their voicemail. And they'll get a message they got a voicemail without getting a phone call. You yeah, dirty dog. To avoid them from actually picking up the phone. You correct, correct, yes. Yeah. So we, now we want them to listen to that message. Yeah, and to, to balance it all out together is that you can create a campaign. Right. And this is marketing this is to promotion. your existing clientele. Yeah, this is marketing. This right. is not even the newer yeah, stuff. It's a warm call. Where you can do an email, a voicemail, a text message, all in the same campaign, and hit them any which way that they want to be contacted. You, you can drip it out. Our system allows dripping it out. You just say the time you want to drip it out, and it'll blanket message them, texts, yeah. emails, yeah. voicemails, you name it. Instagram yeah. messages, Facebook messages, yeah. Google messages, yeah. text, you know, I, I mean, it's just limitless. And it sounds a little creepy, but everybody's doing this, all, you know, people out, outside of our industry have been doing this to us anyway. You buy a pair of Louboutins. My wife bought a pair of Louboutins. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Louboutins going to be messaging you, hey, here's our newest, greatest um, Louboutin with a text message, with a, with a um, an email, not so much voicemail. I mean, we're really unique on the voicemail part, mm -hmm. and um, it's exciting. I mean, I think it's his favorite feature. Oh. When I remember he had some road work or something, he's like, "Dude, I'm gonna blast! I'm gonna blast out a well, yeah, boom, but that's a good yeah. example. You know, oh, that's or, a great hey, example. Hey, just checking on your family during COVID. How about that? How about not marketing? How about just yeah. being in yeah. touch with your clients? Just want to make sure everybody in your family is okay, and it goes to all of them, and they think it's a personal message. No, it, it kind of is, but it isn't. Yeah. Um, so things like that. So we're trying to stay ahead of the game and bring these new features to everybody. Do you have a special phone message voice? I thought I was using my special <laughs> phone message voice. 
<laughs> I just don't curse when I leave voicemails. Oh, I won't God. curse on the podcast right. either, but I've been known. Oh, don't you worry, Chris. Well. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. But, but, you know, all, all, all I try to use one per podcast. It keeps John honest. <laughs> got, it keeps him from entering you the priesthood. You got to have that nice, smooth <laughs> voice, right? Yeah. Like, like, like Anthony Whitaker. You got, I'm sure you guys have been with Anthony. Anthony we haven't. We oh, haven't. Anthony has the. Yeah, Anthony has the Anthony has the best voice ever. You know, he's got that smooth British accent, but like you talk to him off camera, that's not right, his accent. It's, it's very funny. So you know, part of this platform that you've designed kind of answers one of the questions that I think we talked about earlier, which is how do I get more customers in in the chair? Now, one of the things I hear is I'm um, reaching out to the customers I have. Right? What are some strategies? What are some methodologies for bringing those new customers in? Because I think that's that's the next piece, right? We're, yeah. we're better at handling the customers we have, and we're getting them sh off tangent a little bit. One of the things we notice is client visits are down, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. in our location, our six locations, spend is up, visits are down. Spends up mm -hmm. and new clients is up. Yeah. Both are yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but visits correct. Is down, correct. Right? So you have to fill those gaps, right? right. So so the original meaning behind the platform was to bring new clients through the door. We found out it was great at servicing your existing clients, but ultimately you've got to constantly have that, that flow, right? Because you're going to lose clients. Unfortunately, clients are going to die off. Stylists leave. Oh, it's my following. They leave with them. Mm -hmm. Most of them will come back if you market properly, right? But um, so you can, without Salon Ninja, the things I would say to you is, number one, you want to be number one on Google. Mm -hmm. You want to, if somebody types in Salon Near Me, um, you want it, your name to show up in the top of the map pack, right? Um, our system will do that automatically for you, get you up to number one on Google. Um, we have SEO built in. Um, number two is um, a lot of people run Facebook ads and, and Google ads and things like that, is that they do that ad, but there's nowhere to go to, right? There's no follow-through sequence. So what our system does is it connects to those ads, drops them on a, a, a page inside of our system. They're called landing pages. They take advantage of that offer. As soon as they take advantage of that offer, giving you their name, number, we track them, what page they visited, what their name, what their phone number is, so we can remarket to them. Okay, And at the same time, we're sending them an automated sequence of voicemails, landing uh, emails, text messages, all those things, trying to get them to book that first appointment. And I also, we are also sending out that personal message to the front desk that says, hey, get off your butt and call this person. They're interested in making an appointment. Yeah. So we're really like, I mean, drilling, automating it down to the human level because right. we want human-centric conversation. Not everybody likes voicemails, everything like that. Mm -hmm. So the ultimate closer is for that person at the front desk or guest services, concierge, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. to pick up the phone and say, hey, Susie, I'm glad you're interested let me get you in for your first appointment. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that because I, I want to circle back on that subject for a matter. Uh, we've got a coaching client out in Scottsdale, Arizona that we work with. And uh, one of the things that she's working with another company, and they really promote the Facebook ads, and then I call them cold calls, right? Mm -hmm. So as a Facebook ad, and somehow you responded to it, and then they'll call you up, kind of like what you're talking about right Correct. now. And um, she's done phenomenal with it. I think the number I got the other day from her was she gets between four and five thousand dollars a month in sales Absolutely. from these phone calls. Yeah. The reason I'm bringing this up is I thought that was dead, right? I thought that the picking up the phone call thing was 
people don't like that anymore. Just so you know, I see James laughing because yeah. him and I had similar jobs when we were younger. I worked yeah. on Wall Street sure. in the old boiler room mm -hmm. for IPOs. IPOs are initial offerings of a stock. Right. And all day, we just got on the phone and dialed. We called it dialing for dollars. Mm -hmm. And if you learn to dial for dollars and have a, um, a warm human interaction, which what we're doing right now, hopefully sure. with your audience also, yeah, um, it's worth its weight in gold. The automated stuff is great, and you're going to get some people that'll jump on that. But if you get on there with that phone call, you're closing the deal. Um, the salons that do that, spas also, I don't want to leave spas out, uh, have 60% plus closing rates. Really? That high? Yeah. yeah. The ones that don't, right, um, are probably 10 to 15% closing rates with the automated stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason for that is it's a hot lead. And what I mean by a hot lead is somebody has shown, somebody has taken the time to give you their name, their phone number, and their email address because that's what our system pulls. If they've done that much, guess what? They're looking to switch salons or spas. They're looking for an appointment at your place. So by God, if you don't pick up that phone, guess what? That's that's dollars you just threw in a garbage can. You know, I I never try to turn an infomercial out of any of our podcasts, but I, you know, I just love everything that that. I'm hearing right now. So I'm curious because if I'm the owner and, you know, your job is to break it, right, and, and do that, I'm sitting here in my head going, this sounds too good to be true. What's the what's what's it like to set this thing up? If I'm a salon owner, I go, man, I, I really need this marketing stuff. Like We do it all for them. And so even the automations, the emails, it's the all scripting, because it's there's a, you know, when I get I'm on the other end of that, I guess somebody had to sit here and write this. Yeah, so, so we have a team... In-house team, uh, Dylan is the one that leads it. He's not here today, but Dylan leads my tech team, and they set it all up because it is a lot of tech to get set up. But once it's set up, it's all automated. All you have to do is sit back at the front desk and watch the leads come through and then say, hey, Susie, time for get you in here for your appointment, that kind of thing. And I'm not bragging about the platform. It's all yeah. the things we saw missing. Right. With yeah. the, and you could do this. Yeah. And one of the reasons we built this software was because we were doing it, but we were doing it with five pieces of software. Mm -hmm. And every time somebody made a change, Facebook, Google, um, one of the landing page creators, the e um, we were using MailChimp, any of those made a change or active campaign, right? right. You had to relearn software. Yeah. And salon owners don't have time mm -hmm. to become a software engineer. Yeah. So we've taken all that, put it in one platform, and then we get them set up and automate it for them. Yeah, and the other thing too is to not forget is that it's great, you know, in the new marketing to new clients and yeah. be able to communicate. Yeah. It's using it, and I know we talked about voicemail dropping and things for yeah. existing, mm -hmm. but even the text messaging side by any, by being able to funnel that into one dashboard. Yeah. Right. I don't care if you're on Google right. or Facebook communicating. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I get the messages and they're in your file. Yeah. So what you can do to streamline your existing clients. So now the weight's taken off the front desk totally. of dealing with appointment changes and basic yeah. stuff. If you don't do online booking. Yeah. Online booking can be its own quirky thing, sure. you know, yeah. depending on what it is. Yeah. So you take the burden off that, it frees up so much time. Yeah. I mean, I go into work now and I'm like, I don't know, what do I have to do? I'm like, right. What are the no, plans? it's awesome. I mean, I, I stand, you know, have stood behind the front desk at Sugarloaf or wherever and watched a few different screens open. Textel might right. be open, you know, and so it's it's super interesting. Yeah, and how, how, how do you remember? Oh man, that text message came in, and they uh, miss and then them you forget, every now right? And again. Not so now we fault. got it on the desk, you know, but not only that, lot. it gives you it gives you a notification. Yeah. Hey, make sure you got a text message yeah. Right. Yeah. from this person. And, and just so. as important too, because it keeps that information in there. I've worked the front desk, yeah. and I've been the one against the staff of saying, no, 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 
she told me it was a haircut right. yeah. or it was a full right. highlight, not a partial highlight. Uh, well, you know what? Let's play that recording back yeah. Oh, you got it all. Yeah. So yeah. we can go back and wow. say, well. Yeah, it even records. So there are softwares out there that are called call tracking, yeah. right? It says, hey, this call is going to be monitored for quality yeah. assurance. Yeah. Right. Our system does that. Yeah. It listens to both sides of the conversation. Yeah. It rates the call. So so, um, so that, that kind and, of stuff is. And the other key, but, but, too, is that we're, we're fans of software overall. We, yeah. we like tech. Totally. But it tech doesn't replace your existing booking yeah. software. Software. Like right. we like no, we're we're integrated. Software. You have your book for Rosie right there. I see. Right. Yeah. Um, well, so we're integrated with Rosie. Yeah. Um, we're now integrated with Forest, and we're integrated with Mevo Millennium. Um, we have other companies we're talking to, and we'll integrate with all them. Basically, what that means is we're pulling the data off of their systems yeah. and allow it to be shared in ours, and then pushing our leads that are coming in our system into those platforms, so that you can we'll call it customer nurturing, right? Because sure. some of those platforms have. A little bit of marketing built into them where they can nurture your existing clients yeah. but um but you know getting and to jump subject because i don't want this to be a software talk. yeah yeah i, I appreciate you you know letting us get yeah. into salon Ninja. no i mean that but all is that's interesting marketing is a big part of it right so no yeah. matter either you're going to get five pieces of digital tools to market properly and you're going to learn them and that's fine you can use ours it's all in one and i think we do a better job but Hand in hand with that is hiring, and hiring is a big thing right now. I hear it all the time. I can tell you where to get hirees from. I'm a big, firm believer in systems of educating newbies and, and teaching them your culture right. and bringing them up instead of bringing somebody in with bad habits. Now, if you're a starting salon, you might need a few people with you know with followings. In that case, guess what? Offer a $5,000 sign-on bonus, and you will get people to sign on. I used to do it. It's just a way of you know getting people with followings, right? Um, but... The big dilemma is you got to be doing the marketing at the same time because you got to feed, you got to have a feeder, right? You got to have a feeder. And the other thing is people now go and they're looking at Indeed and the other things, and they're hiring um, almost as if it's a burger flipper job, right. okay? Right. Hire based on a beauty lifestyle. And what I mean by that is create a funnel, and a funnel is a bunch of landing pages or right. sales pages, internet web pages, right, yeah. that show who you are, what you do, videos, what your team is like, all those things, and then market to it with a marketing platform like Salon Ninja. We do that, right? We run just like you were running an ad to a new client, run an ad to that stylist, and then drip out campaign to them over the course of a year till they become an employee. Yeah. So right? like so, a click so funnel type thing? Like uh, our, I mean, As a matter of fact, we can actually pull a click funnel in and do it yeah. 10 times better. Ours <laughs> okay. automatically imports it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... Yeah, yeah right? but, but what I'm talking about is market to a beauty lifestyle right? right people don't want a job right they want to know you know it's going to be their home yeah. you know it's interesting we just had a great conversation at data driven summit um salon summit in um chicago, chicago. is that where we were um and it was a great conversation one of the things that we learned there is we were talking about attracting new employees to the company and and for us you know we've got six locations and one of the things we've kind of stumbled upon for lack of a better way to put it is we have a much better rate of attracting new hires on instagram um, that works as a platform and we don't do so well with indeed um, with stylists, with stylists. Yeah. on the flip side we find support staff on indeed 
and sure. we don't necessarily get it, them. It's different. It's yeah. different. A stylist is a creative lifestyle, right? Sure. So they want a creative marketing funnel. Mm-hmm. They want to be marketed to uh, about the experience, which is what you should be marketing clients with, right? The experience, not the price or anything like that. Otherwise, you're foolish. But you got to market to them the same way. So a coaching client asked me, so how do I market to the outside? You know, how do I, how do I show that as my salon? And I said, have you ever looked at your salon from the outside? Have you ever actually looked at it as if you were a client or somebody that wants to work there from the outside? So you have to look at things, right, from not your perspective, Mm -hmm. from the potential employee's perspective, from the potential customer's perspective, and market that lifestyle. You know, it's interesting because what you say is so apparent for trying to attract new customers in the door. Um, Again, we were at the summit in Chicago. One of the things that was really prevalent was we got to think the same way when we're attracting staff, right? Because one of the things that really struck home with me was at that event, you know, our Instagrams, again, where we're getting such good luck bringing new hires in, it's customer-centric. It's not stylist-centric. We yeah. we put out our Instagram with the idea that clients are going to see this. They're going to see this beautiful balayage, this haircut, whatever, and they're going to come to us. And yet the interesting thing is I think the statistic was 91% of all hires that come to you will come to you through, through Instagram, Instagram because – they're looking at the rest of the team. They want to know who are the other people in the that's, room. That's what I meant by a lifestyle, right? Yeah, so right. so with our platform, obviously, you can send Instagram messages, sure. respond. So I call it the Instagram stalk, actually. Right. So what I say is go out, do a search of all hairstylists within a certain region, and you can do that on Instagram. So, so, so getting, say, say, give me all stylists who are anybody that's a stylist has that in their bio within 15 miles of us, right? And then make a spreadsheet, put their names in it, put their Instagram handle in it, put it into Ninja, say, hey, I love your work. That's all you have to say. Say it a few times, right? They're they're doing a great balayage. They're doing whatever, right? And just follow them. And they'll follow you back. And then one day, and it sounds kind of weird, say, I would love to invite you out for a cup of coffee to talk about your work. And guess what? I've seen it happen all day long. Right stylists get yeah. get get hired because they know that you're on the edge right you're on a you know on the cutting edge your technology's there right. you're outgoing yeah. you're the kind of plus you have to have those landing pages like yeah. i said with right. with that beauty lifestyle well, video that, yeah. of your team saying hey we want to work with yeah, you that kind and of I thing and i think what keeps people from building it again is just the simply how the heck do i build it and so with something like that it's we already like, have a template right, it out it's done. right it's template yeah. it's yeah. done and they, I think a lot of owners are savvy enough to know they need to be doing that. Right. But like you alluded to in the very beginning, it's like the reality is is they're, they're busy behind the chair. By the time they're done their day, they do the other things they have to do. They got a fire to put out. They got right. this to handle. You know, they're still folding towels, you know, just like everybody else. Home. Yeah, taking laundry home, people, right? Yeah. Um, I want to I, I want to shift topics a little bit just because you know James again like and you weren't also behind the chair as well right you entered through no, your I wife actually you came in I ran a public employees union for the right. state of New Jersey um, I was a marine uh, my wife had three salons yeah. and I kind of fell into it because I was looking to invest my money into yeah. I mean we're married but you know we're looking I had my retirement money coming in, and I said, you know what, I'd like to do something, but you know, you're not making any money. You're killing yourself. <laughs> but it's it's yeah. January and February, and I'm taking baby, money, I and I'm going, here, hon, I love you, but I'm paying the employees' pay, and they're right. not bringing in yeah, any baby, money. I love yeah, you, yeah, but yeah. you're not really a yeah, good so, investment so, right so now. we looked at, you know, and you know the story. We looked at yeah. the gym models, yeah. and we came up with the membership, and it took off like crazy, yeah. and uh, here we are today, and I'm still yeah. 
trying to help people because when I got into it, I saw a broken industry. I really did. Yeah. I mean, there's there's maybe 10% of the salons that are just, they, they know it. They got it. They're, right. they're, they're, you know, they live, eat, breathe, yeah. ownership, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. all day, and the other ones need help. And yeah. we want to get, you know, at least another half of them to the next totally level, so, and what's yeah. great about what you're saying is it really brings light to the t- it illuminates how we started the conversation that you know yeah i decided i'd throw in illuminate it's like illuminati <laughs> <laughs> the same type of a thing but it illuminates the you know kind of the the idea that after covid people had to finally look at their numbers again or maybe for the first time and from there you know people have started to realize like oh this is a business like you said now um what i love about the fact that i'm talking to two people that came in from outside of the industry and you know just had the opportunity to look at it as if it's a fishbowl and go i see there's some really amazing fish in there i mean that one could be incredible this could be unbelievable salons i'm using as an analogy if they just tweaked this you know if they just tweak that um, now that we're back in full swing, and again, salons are killing it that I that I know of. Um, you know, you're a numbers guy. You're watching the numbers of your salon. That's how you grow it. Like, what are some of the things you're keeping your fingers on the pulse of? And is there any like changing, th- you know, numbers that have come big to time, the surface? Big time. So I could say, payroll numbers are pretty pretty steady. Obviously. They make more money as the salon makes more money, right? Um, one of the things I see fluctuating drastically is um, prices uh, based on suppliers, based on labor, based on a whole taxes, a whole bunch of other things, regulation. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, overall cost of running the salon, right? So so we had preached raising your prices, James, especially in the beginning. Ivan, Nikki, and Gino for sure. Um, and... It, it's right back. I mean, things seem to be going full steam ahead from the other side, like for supplies and things like well, that. But owners are kind of stuck, right, yeah. James? They're like, oh, I raised it 10%. Now I'm afraid to raise it. But oh, truthfully, and we've talked about this before the COVID yeah. was a thing, yeah. is that every business goes up pricing. Yeah. It's just the way that it goes. Inflation, pay goes up, different things. If you weren't raising even 1% a year, if you raised a lousy 1, 1.5% a year on Cross the board on all still, your pricing. You're still missing. You should be three yeah, percent minimum. But but clients are not going to scream about a dollar or a dollar fifty. It is what it is. Right. So if you did that and you did that every year, you think about that after ten years. Yeah. If you waited ten years to raise your prices and right. said, "Oh my God, I'm I'm finally realizing for the last three years I'm taking my car payment out of the register," mm-hmm. you even if you jump at ten dollars, you don't recover. Yeah those 10 years worth of that dollar right. 50 on those services right. and covid we've opened up with covid 20 percent increase across the entire board in our salon i see it all we day took long. our juniors our juniors uh we had a few junior stylists on yeah. staff that were good they've been trained it was just a matter of time with juniors you got to take the time to raise their pricing we went in and said no you know what here's the price That's walk it. me through the decision making process so we've been working with a lot of people on price structuring as well and it's amazing to watch the eyes of the person who is fully qualified, fully qualified, and you tell them you have to have a 15% price adjustment at minimum. And they're afraid. So so that's the thing, Chris, right? So this industry as a whole, and I can say as a whole, except for like, you know, the the hoity-toity name name brands, right, have always been shy to charge what they're worth. 
If you're not now doing it, because now you have a... So there's an old saying, right? If you can blame it on somebody else, do it, because then the blame won't be on you, right? So now we have COVID, we have suppliers raising prices. Now, if you're not doing it now, I can promise you, if you don't have that... If you're still stuck in that old mentality, you're probably not going to be in business much longer. You know, the... I love entrepreneurs, and I love to help anybody that can help them. But if you're in that, you you got You got to you got to jump those prices on a regular basis right now. You know, I just saw somebody you know a second time they're raising it another twenty percent. I was like, kudos, good for you. And how they do it? They send out an email. They sent out a voicemail. They sent out a text message saying, guess what? Our suppliers jacked our prices up. And, you know, because of all the yeah. supply and demand issues yeah. right now, so we have to pass it on, unfortunately. And you just say it, unfortunately. Big yeah. deal. No, in that level, what? you the, should the mention. Cli- yeah. yeah. One or two percent, three yeah. percent. I don't have to tell you that. Yeah. Right. When, when have you ever walked in a Whole Foods Absolutely. and you said, I'm dying for how, Brussels sprouts? How about I'm this? Like, oh, they're $20 you, a bag. Yeah, so when you raise your prices, for every 10% raise in prices, you'll lose less than 1% of clientele. Make room for higher paying clients. Right. It's a no brainer. Totally. Yeah, or flexibility has yeah. become a big thing with yeah. COVID. Yeah. Raise your prices. To, you know, listen, owners that work, first of all, I love, I mean, a five day work week is like way, five days, like, man, five is a lot of days. <laughs> the six day salon work week with some of you owners that do that, what are you crazy? Yeah. Like six days is like crazy people time. Like you, you need found somebody who works six days a week. I listen. Not I have no. I mean, on different you things. Do I have to work on Saturdays? Right. Yeah, we work when people yeah. play. Well, yeah. where did we pick so, up? Where yeah. who? Where did, who said to us people don't work for money anymore? They work for freedom. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, true. The, the, I think that was down at the. Um, one of the credit card companies, I forget, the head of American Express or something. That's what she said, that, that you work for freedom and people that are spending are spending for an experience yeah. now. They're not, and they don't care what they spend anymore. Right. For the most, I mean, some people do, as but but the majority do. of people, if they have that experience and you're there and you're working when they're playing, yeah. because don't forget, most people now are two working family, you know, yeah. both yeah. husband and wife are out working. So when do they get home? They get home five, maybe later. Yeah. When do they want to book their appointment? Five, maybe later when you're closed. Yeah, yeah. So you better have some sort of way of yeah. taking care of those people, getting those messages, automating responses, uh, um, you know, online booking, things like that. So, right. you know, it's a whole mentality. Like the old school ownership ideas, we came into it like that. Now, I remember my wife scrubbing baseboards, you know, yeah, right. um, you know, just to be able to get onto the floor. Yeah. That's changed. So yeah. people have to change their their whole thinking about the industry. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys do for training in your salon? Just out of curiosity. We beat them into submission. No, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, we, we actually we actually have a really good old school Jersey way. We hook uh, jumper cables up to a car battery, yeah, yeah. and it trains yeah, like it trains car. people like you would not. Tell them to go down in the basement. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Cement cement shoes. That's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not a large salon. We love the beauty school aspect of bringing people in. Um, we actually just started working with some of our local Votex, and what's don't forget about the Votex guys, right? If yeah. you're lucky enough to have one, 1000%. because what's interesting is people that do cosmetology school as Votex in high school, they're really interested. Yeah. Like they're doing that because they're like, hey, I like this. Yeah. Not every person that goes to beauty school, you know. I think we joked about this last night. I said, or actually, John and I, we've joked about this. That you have so many people that go to beauty school and says, oh, I dropped out of college, so I went to beauty school yeah, right. because I didn't like math and science, yeah. and they're doing geometry and chemistry all yeah. day long right, as a living. Right, right, 
So, you know, you have people that actually have a passion for it from a younger age that are completely moldable. Best part about Votech is you can integrate them into your staff super part-time because they need to work after school or can only right. work Saturdays. So you get some of that worker bee aspect of them. They get some experience of physically just being in the location. Right. And you can build that love for them without even have to, having to actually train them yet. Because you can't really train them. Because right. New so Jersey, yeah. well, they won't have a license until they graduate. Right. But it gives them the aspect of seeing what it's like to be on a hustle bustle Saturday. Yeah, it gets and, them used to it. So their day one isn't really a day one. Yeah. They don't feel like they're walking. And they in. know where everything is. Right. Yeah. Think about how hard it is when you walk into your first day of work, whatever you do. Yeah. You don't know where the bathroom is. Where's the pencil sharpener? Where's the garbage can? They well, get integrated like that and yeah. it's comfortable and it helps them with not having that stage fright of right. their first day. They can jump right in. And listen, they work a Tuesday. If they work Saturdays for the last six months, they're like, Tuesdays is nothing, man. Yeah. You know? I'm always amazed that, you know, with our, with six locations, I would say about a third, maybe a little bit more, 40% of our front desk staff end up becoming hairdressers, right? Because they're in the salon, they see what's going on, they see the money people are making because they're at the cash drawer, right? Um, and they see the lifestyle and they see the fun that they're having. And like, can I go to hairdressing school? It's like, heck yeah. Um, because you're right, once you get there, you know, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. this is what this is? <laughs> you know, it's a whole different perspective. And they, they also just, not only do they integrate with the industry and see the fun and the beauty and the passion that comes with it, they integrate with your salon. Right. So if your front desk people want to go to beauty school, there's something about your salon that they really like. It's not just the industry. Yeah. You've created that experience like we're trying to create for clients. Yeah. They'll, they may never leave you. Right. Yeah. You know, treat them right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, guys, I feel like we covered a lot of good stuff in this conversation. Um, God, we talked about pricing, technology. I just have just a what, what new technologies you guys see, wish we had, or see coming down the pipeline that we maybe don't have yet. So I can, I can definitely tell you about that. So Google, um, through our beta partnership with them, we speak obviously to the head techs at Google. Um, who are putting stuff together, uh, Google's looking to take over the world, guys. They're looking to do away with websites totally, everything done through Google My Business. I mean, Google, you, you see right now some of the AI coming out where right. Google will actually answer your phone, book an appointment. That's in its beta stage right now. Yeah. But pretty soon, guess what? You're going to be getting co phone calls from a Google assistant saying, uh, I have somebody that wants to book an appointment for four o'clock. I see you have a oh, slot no, open. It's no, it, it's ha yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's, it's definitely happening. It's sloppy yeah. right now, but oh, yeah. what they're looking to do is they're looking to actually integrate with all the different software platforms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So eventually they'll say, "I see you have an opening at four o'clock for a caller." Yeah. And Google's AI will automatically do that, and it'll communicate through our platform, thank God. Um, but that's why we wanted to be able so so Google, I would say Google is that. 10,000 pound gorilla in the room right now. Get used to it. Learn Google My Business. There's so many owners that sign up for Google My Business, get the certification, and do nothing with it. Yeah. If you post you know, post stuff, specials on, and you don't even have to pay. Yeah. You can put stuff right on your Google My Business. Do that. You can put photos on there on a regular basis. Um, reviews, obviously, are super important. That's a huge way to think.